0: I don't know. Oh, I had yeah. to find out last night, neither one of them would answer me. So, no. <laughs> <laughs> I just not see what I And therefore, you. i really really yeah, they celebrate. the piano, <laughs> I started got up, I got mean, up, uh, I got mean, up, I
1: got up, I got mean, up, uh, yeah, I got mean, up, I got up, I got up, I got up, I got up, I got
0: up, I got 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 up, I got
1: up, I got up, I got up,
0: I got up, I Oh, yeah. Oh, there
2: Nice. Thank you, Jacob. Good, good morning. Welcome to everyone. Glad you're here. If you cannot tell, I've got a bad cold. And so I will meet you over there and I'm going to shake everybody's hand and just, because I believe in sharing. No, I'm not going to do that. I'll bump your elbow if you want to, but I'm not going to shake your hand today. Uh, glad you're here today. Welcome. Uh, it's good to be here together with you in God's house to worship. Our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We welcome our guests, especially. You're very important to us, and we're glad that you're here today. Uh, let me remind everyone of our attendance sheets on each row. We'd like to ask, if you would, to take a, uh, take a moment to fill that out. and. Uh, Put your name and address, and especially if you'd like to get our email newsletter, put your email address on there, and it's a great way to keep up with the activities here at Community Baptist Church, and uh, we'll put you on that list. Check the appropriate box on there, and we would certainly appreciate that few announcements that we have uh, coming up here. Uh, First of all, uh, thank you everyone who was involved with our Lenten lunch on Wednesday. It was a great success. Uh, We had a lot of folks here and I think everything went very well. So thank you so much for your participation in that. Um, It takes a lot of volunteers to pull something like that off as as large as it is and, and we appreciate Everybody uh, pitching in to to help with that. Uh, Speaking of pitching in, we could still use a little financial contribution towards that. We have received some, and I don't think it has covered the cost of the meal yet. So if you would like to make a financial contribution towards that, you can see Jerry Wagner. Uh, The Lenten lunch for this week will be at the Presbyterian Church. That's noon on Wednesday. And I hope that we'll have a good showing from uh, Community Baptist Church at the Presbyterian Church uh, this week. Our uh, Easter Fest is coming up for our children on April the 19th. Now, this is a change of date. It was on the 12th, on the 12th. And so we, we're moving it to the 19th. So, uh, change that on your calendar. And uh, we will be here that day and have an Easter egg hunt and some activities and a whole lot of fun. So, if you uh, have some children or know some children, or just dra- grab some children off the street and just bring them on in, uh, and we'll just have a good time. Also, on uh, Saturday, uh, we will be serving lunch at the Salvation Army, and uh, this is the fifth Saturday of the month, and so we'll be uh, serving lunch at the Salvation Army, and so we need to be there about 10.30 or something? Yeah. about yeah. ten. Okay, CGCA, if you, you can... It, we could use some volunteers and CGCA if you can volunteer on Saturday. That's an important ministry of our church. And uh, also, next Sunday... We'll we'll be a little bit different worship service. Uh, We will be um, featuring our choir heavily next Sunday, almost exclusively next Sunday, as our choir will be uh, presenting a requiem, and uh, they've been working hard on this, and and I hope that you'll be here and uh, support them for that. Um, so it, it's great to uh, to have a lot of things going on, but it's also great to be here and worship God with you. So let me invite you now to stand and let us uh, greet each other in the name of God.
0: day, I want to pray, the wonders of Your mighty love. My comfort, I shall tower of Let every breath.
3: In the responsive reading, you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's own people. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people.
0: Once we have not received mercy, but now we have received mercy.
3: As servants of God, live as free people.
0: And may not use our freedom as a pretext for evil.
1: Bible, or your electronic version of your Bible, find the Gospel of John, the fourth book in the New Testament. John chapter four, verses five through forty-two. So he came to a Samaritan city called Sychar near the plot of ground that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus And with his sons and his flocks drank from it. Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But those who drink of the water that I will give them will never be thirsty. The water that I will give will become in them a spring of water gushing up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water. So that I may never be thirsty or have to keep drawing here, coming here to draw water. Jesus said to her, go, call your husband and come back. The woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you are right in saying I have no husband. For you have had five husbands and the one you have now is not your husband. What you have said is true. The woman said to him, Sir, I see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you say that the place where people must worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know. For salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here where the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father seeks such as these to worship him. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming, who is called Christ, When he comes, he will proclaim all things to us. Jesus said to her, I am he, the one who is speaking to you. Just then the disciples came. They were astonished that he was speaking with a woman. But no one said, what do you want? Or why are you speaking with her? Then the woman left her water jar and went back to the city. She said to the people, Come out and see a man who told me everything I have done. He cannot be the Messiah, can he? They left the city and were on their way to him. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging him, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you do not know about. So the disciples said to one another, Surely no one has brought him something to eat? Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to complete his work. Do you not say four months more, then comes the harvest? But I tell you, look around and see how the fields are ripe for harvesting. The reaper is already receiving wages and is gathering fruit for eternal life so that sower and reaper may rejoice together. For here the saying holds true, one sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap for that which you did not labor. Others have labored and you have entered into their labor. Many Samaritans from the city believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I had ever done. So when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with them. And he stayed there for two days, and many more believed because of his word. They said to the woman, it is no longer because of what you said that we believe, for we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this is truly the Savior of the world. God bless the reading of this word.
3: That's the as we pray Heavenly Father we gather today to worship and sing praises to you Father we thank you for your love and amazing grace we know you are our refuge and through you all things are possible you are our light in the darkness Father may may these ties be used to show your unending love and to serve a world in need. In the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, amen.
2: I I can get uh, through this sermon without coughing in your face, so to speak, there. Um, a couple of years ago, Jim Parsons told about a most unusual battle that was taking place in Warsaw, Ohio. <clears throat> it was between the New Beginnings Ministries Church and the Foxhole Club which is a club that provides adult entertainment featuring women gifted in a certain form of artistic dancing, if you know what I mean. <laughs> it seems that for years the church had, has held protests outside of this club with bullhorns and banners and cameras to take pictures of people's license place, plates as they uh, entered the club. But the club owner got tired of this. And so he and the girls started a counter-protest at the church. On Sunday morning, some of the dancers would come and stand outside the church in their bikinis, holding up their own signs with Bible verses on them, uh, talking about things like false prophets and judging others. Well, after, after this story hit the news, some different kinds of evangelists showed up on the scene. You see, there's a group called... J.C.'s Girls, which is a ministry from the Rock Church in San Diego, California. And the purpose of this ministry is to reach out to women in the adult entertainment industry. The girls in this ministry used to be a part of that industry and now spend their time reaching out to women who are still in the industry to show that they are loved by God. And so this group of of J.C.'s Girls... They flew out to Ohio, and they talked to the girls from the foxhole club. They shared their testimonies with them about how their lives were changed by the love of God. And then the J.C.'s girls went into the church, and they did the same thing with the church members. Well, as the church service was about to begin, protesters from the club were outside, as usual, on the sidewalk, and, and inside the people of the church were, were asked by the J.C.'s girls if they were willing to change the face of Christianity by standing with them and truly loving God's beautiful girls just as Jesus would. And you know what happened? The entire church stood with them and they left the building. They went out to meet the girls on the sidewalk who were protesting there. They prayed together. They shed tears together. And lives were changed on both sides of the protest lines. Now, I was moved by this story because a friend of mine tells a similar story about a friend of his, a young woman who we will will call Sarah. Uh, Just a couple of years ago, Sarah was living the best that she could on the streets of New Orleans. She was addicted to cocaine. Her life was in a downward spiral. But somehow Jesus touched her life, and and today she's living a new life in Christ. Well, recently she came to a church and and solicited some funds from her friends in her Bible study group, and it seems that, that Sarah was headed back to New Orleans, but this time she was going there on a mission. She had it in her heart to make up some gift bags to distribute to the girls working in the strip clubs there. And she didn't know, she she didn't need help making the trip. She was only asking for help to prepare some of the gift bags. Inside the bags would be things like a a bottle of of bubble bath or a sleep mask and other thoughtful items that she felt the, the girls would appreciate. And inside each bag, there was a personal note from Sarah telling her story of how she had once been where these girls were and how Christ had touched her life and healed her of her destructive tendencies. She wrote things like, As you enjoy the bubble bath, let it remind you that Jesus can cleanse all your sins. And it was not expressed in any kind of judgmental manner. It was a pure message of love. Pray for me, Sarah said. I don't know what kind of reception I will get. Well, when she, when she came back from New Orleans, my friend asked her how her ministry was received when she got there. And she said it was wonderful. She said it was almost miraculous. I had just enough gift bags, and all the girls were so appreciative. The manager of the strip club even halted the night's entertainment while Sarah and, and another friend finished distributing the gift bags. And my friend says, I thank God for what God has done in Sarah's life and for what I know God will continue to do in the years to come through her. Hers is a genuine picture of grace received and grace passed on to others. In our lesson for today, Jesus is in a Samaritan town called Sikar near the land that Jacob had given to his son, Joseph. And Jacob's well was there, and and Jesus, tired from his journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon. By that time, a Samaritan woman came to draw some water, and Jesus asked, Will you give me a drink? Well, the woman said to him, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? And then John gives us a little side note here that Jews do not associate with Samaritans. And later in the story, we find out that this woman was also a woman of questionable morals. And yet Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he, he would have given you living water. Well, as they continued their conversation, something real began to happen in this woman's life. Something was stirring within her soul. And meanwhile, Jesus' disciples came back. They had been in town to buy some supplies. And they were surprised when they saw Jesus talking with this woman. Remember, as John had told us, Jews do not associate with Samaritans. And men did not speak with with women in public unless they were a member of their own family. So you can see why these disciples might be surprised. And if they had known what kind of woman this was, then they would have really been surprised. But you know, it's the ending of the story that really fascinates me. For you see, John tells us that she left her, her water jug at the well. She went back to the town and told the people there, Come and see a man who told me everything I've ever done. Could this be the Messiah? And then John tells us that the people she talked to came out of the town and made their way to Jesus. A few verses later, we read many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of what the woman said. So they urged him to stay with them, and he stayed there for two days. And because of his words, many more became believers. And they said to the woman, we no longer believe just because of what you said. We now have heard for ourselves, and we know that this man really is the Savior of the world. Could there be a more beautiful statement of the grace of God than this? A woman with a checkered past became a beautiful purveyor of the good news of Jesus Christ. It is indeed a beautiful story. But I believe that there are some other things that we need to say about this story today. First of all, we need to see that this is not a story of cheap grace. Now, what is cheap grace? Well, let me give you an example. There was a man who had been working for a lumber yard for 25 years, and during all of that time, whenever he wanted any lumber, he just helped himself to it. In fact, he had stolen so much lumber over the years that he became one of the richest in, men in town, and, and he became so rich and so prominent and that he was asked to be, become a deacon of the, of the Baptist church there, his local Baptist church. Well, this worried the man because he didn't feel that he should serve as a deacon with this terrible sin on his conscience. And so one night, as he tossed and turned in his bed, he, the thought occurred to him that he could talk to a local priest about it. Well, the priest said it was a, it was a bit unusual for a Baptist to come to him for confession, but he said he'd be glad to hear it. And after the man told the priest about years of stealing all that lumber, the man said, you know, this thing they say about confession being good for the soul is true. I've never felt so relieved in all my life. Is that all there is to it? And the priest said, no, oh, no. You can't lie and steal and lead a life of sin for 25 years and come down here and talk to me for 30 minutes and wipe the slate clean. You've got to do something to make it right with God. Did you ever make amends? And the man said, no, I never did make one of those, but if you've got the plans, I can get the lumber. That's cheap grace. It's wanting to have your sins forgiven, but not wanting to give up the lumber you've stolen. It was Dietrich Bonhoeffer who made the phrase cheap grace popular. Here's how he defined it. He said, cheap grace is the deadly enemy of our church. Cheap grace is the preaching of forgiveness without requiring repentance. It is baptism without discipline. It is communion without confession it is grace without discipleship, grace without the cross, and grace without Jesus Christ. And I'm afraid that cheap grace is the grace that has become somewhat the norm in many of our churches today. Because you see, when, when Jesus encountered people, look through all, throughout all the New Testament. When Jesus encountered people, their lives were radically changed. Cheap grace is God's forgiveness without the change. But look at the people that Jesus confronted. Zacchaeus, the tax collector, shared a meal with the master and he cried out, Look, Lord, right here and now I will give give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have ever cheated anybody out of anything, I'll pay it back four times. Mary Magdalene was said to be Possessed by seven demons. And, and she becomes such a devoted follower of Jesus that she was privileged to be the primary witness of Jesus' resurrection. The Apostle Paul constantly reminded his readers that of what they had been before Christ touched their lives. Referring to their sexual immorality, their idolatry, their thievery, their drunkenness, and their swindling. He says in 1 Corinthians 6.10, and that is what you were. He also reminds them of what he was before Jesus touched his life. He was an intolerant persecutor of Christians. Now in the military, you may sometimes hear the command, as you were. But you know something, as a follower of Jesus Christ, we don't hear as you were. Because folks, following Jesus is not just about accepting the mercy and the forgiveness of God and then continuing on with our sinful behavior. Following Jesus is about change, real change. Not as we were, but as we are now. Before his conversion St. Augustine lived the life of a wealthy playboy. He really knew how to party. You should read his, his uh, memoir sometime. But it was shortly after his conversion that he was accosted on the streets by one of his, his former mistresses. And Augustine turned when he saw her and walked quickly in the opposite direction. And this surprised the woman when, he, when she saw him do this. And she cried out, Augustine, it is I! But proceeding on his way, Augustine cried back to her and said, Yes, but it is not I. In other words, I'm not the man I used to be. An amazing change had taken place in Augustine's life. And we're not talking about adopting a few new resolutions. We're talking about the conversion that accompanies a changed heart. As someone has said, if you see a beautiful butterfly, it would never occur to you to say, hey, come come look at this good-looking converted worm. <laughs> we don't say that. But why not? That's what, what happened. I mean, after all, it, it was a worm, and it has been converted, but we don't say that because it's no longer a worm. It has truly become a new creature. And you really don't think of it in terms of what it was. You think of it in terms of what it is now, a butterfly. Well, that woman at the well, she became a butterfly. From a shady past, shunned by all of her neighbors, she became a person who pointed others to Jesus Christ. And so the question that I have for you today is this. Would you like to have that kind of change in your life as well? There's only one place that it can be found, and that is at the feet of the Savior. One day, Henry Drummond was preparing to leave the home of some friends in the hills of Scotland, and they offered him the use of their coach to drive him to the village where, they, where he would catch a train for his next appointment. And they said, our coachman is a wonderful man and quite an unusual scholar, but he has been defeated by drink. We were hoping that you might have the opportunity to say something to him that will help him. And so when the time came to go, Henry Drummond climbed up onto the seat next to the coachman. And before the driver realized what was happening, Mr. Drummond had engaged him in an in-depth conversation about his spiritual life the coachman began to confess his failures and to express his regret for the collapse that had so tragically torn his life. And so Drummond said to the man, suppose that as we rode along these curves and hills, the horses that you were driving somehow got out of control, and you realized that you could not handle them. However, you suddenly remembered that the man sitting next to you was the finest horseman in all of Scotland and, and that there, was never, there, there has never been a span of horses which he could not control. What would you do, he asked. And the coachman exclaimed, Oh, is that what Christ expects me to do? Exactly, replied Drummond. Turn the reins of your life over to him. That's the kind of experience this woman at the well had on that day as she account- that she encountered Jesus. It's a beautiful song that most of you are familiar with that I think captures the, the longing in this woman's heart. Fill my cup, Lord. I lift it up, Lord. Come and quench this thirsting of my soul. Bread of heaven, fill me till I want no more. Fill my cup. Fill it up. And make me whole. Is that what you want today? Jesus said to this woman, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would ask Him. And He would give you living water. Is that what you want this morning? Then please, 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 by all means, lift your cup to Christ today and let him fill it up. Amen. We're going to sing our closing hymn, Amazing Grace, number 330. And this will be a hymn of invitation for you. There may be someone here today who needs to make that commitment, just like the woman at the well did a change in your life. There may be some things in your life that you're not pleased with and neither is God. And maybe now is the time to get things straight with God. And we invite you to do that. And I will promise you this, that God is loving and merciful and no matter what, God is here. God loves you. And God's forgiveness is available to each of us. But there is something good in making that commitment and confessing our sins to God and accepting the forgiveness that is available. If God is dealing in your heart in any way today, we invite you to make that commitment to become a butterfly, to change your life. That's what God wants from us. Or maybe God is leading you to become a member of our church. We invite you to come to unite with our church today. Or God is urging you in some other direction and something that's going on in your life. Maybe just need a time of prayer. We invite you to come and I'll be glad to pray with you. If God's dealing in your heart in any way today, we invite you to come as we sing Amazing Grace, number 330. Would you come? Thank you for your presence with us today and for God's presence with us especially. Uh, Before we leave today, a a few weeks ago our deacons held an informational meeting for some guests of our church, some visitors of our church, and from that uh, uh, some some folks requested membership in our church, and I want to present them to you today, uh, Bo and Amanda Mosley. Uh, presented uh, a request for membership, and they are not here. They have a new baby, and and so their hands are kind of full. Uh, Jake Lear and Donna Bomar also requested membership in our church, and so they are already already very much a part of our, our church, and we're grateful for their ministries, and they have made that official. So if you will join me in welcoming them to the Community Baptist Fellowship, would you raise your hand and say Amen. 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 We're glad that y'all are with us and and welcome you officially as uh, members of Community Baptist Church. Let us bow for our benediction. Let us go now to express in our lives and words the beliefs that have been expressed here in words and in song. No longer believe because of what has been said to you, but know for sure That this Jesus in whose name we have met really is the Savior of the world. Let us go and tell the world the message of our forgiveness and our grace. And let us pass on to them the opportunity to receive such love for themselves. Amen.
0: Right. No, I'll I'll
2: bump your elbow. That's about it. I'm going to turn that. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh.
0: I'm